Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. And all without saying, Zeitenwender. I'm Nick Houghton of 40percentgerman.com and I'm joined by... Well, actually, I'm joined by no one as Simon is out with COVID this week. Yeah, so we talked a lot over the last few days about how we should go about recording a light-hearted podcast about Germany under the current climate and we both came to the conclusion that we can't essentially record anything this week not because there isn't things to laugh at I'm sure there are a lot of things that we could make fun of in the media that hasn't been eclipsed by the current war in Ukraine but neither of us felt particularly motivated um I certainly have been quite deeply affected by what's happening at the moment and 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 it feels and this is a conversation that I think a lot of us are having at the moment which is especially those of us living in Germany we're not on the front line we're not in Ukraine and yet somehow it feels like a lot of us have been touched by by what's happening Germany's been a, a central part in a lot of what's gone on over the last week uh i'm recording on a on a tuesday so it's been about a, a week of uh just over a week of um of a sort of build up and then eventually the the beginning of the invasion of, of ukraine and i think it shocked a lot of people and it's distressed a lot of people and it's killed a lot of people and it's destroyed a lot of people's lives and i think from the last article I've read over 500,000 Ukrainians are fleeing the country and claiming asylum in another parts of Europe and I think for a lot of us that those images that are coming out of Ukraine and the stories that are coming out of Ukraine and all of those things have have really hit home how fragile everything we sort of believed to be like natural truths of our existence like Europe doesn't go to war um i think for me the the moment where i realized how bad things had got was a speech given by vladimir putin last week where he basically said that he would punish europe if they interfered in ukraine with with nuclear weapons and and obviously only a couple of days ago uh, some sort of order given by Putin to ready the or escalate things, which was read by many people as being some kind of signal that that the nuclear option was on the table. And there's just a lot of stuff happening. And I think any of us who are online at the moment are just being uh, barraged with information. Central part of that is the story of Ukraine and the story of innocent Ukrainians who are trying to escape or uh, uh, taking up arms to defend the country and it's 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 harrowing and it's horrific and it's weirdly optimistic and pessimistic and there's just so much going on at the moment and it felt like you know making a podcast in this moment seems kind of frivolous so what what we're going to do basically is I'm going to record this intro, talk to you a bit about what's been happening and hope you'll indulge me. We'll talk I'll talk a bit about what's happened in Germany. There's a lot that's happened this this last couple of days and uh, then I'm going to play some 
uh, previous segments that we've we've put out on the podcast over the last year um, because I think uh, as a British person, one of the ways that I deal with, and I know Simon deals with the most sort of horrific things that have happened to us is often by by laughing at them or making a joke out of them, which isn't for everyone. And we certainly didn't want to make a joke out of this situation, but I do feel like a bit of a distraction and a bit of a laugh doesn't hurt. And yeah, so if you want to stick around for that, of course, of course you can. Um, but before I do that, I'll talk to you a bit about about what's been happening. I mean, there's a lot of people talking about everything that's happening in the Ukraine. It's like information overload. I think that's kind of typical of these kinds of moments. I'm sure it's it's typical of of what happens with something like this. I mean, we've seen it with with COVID. These global events that impact everyone. Uh, there's there's a lot of information coming out. There's a lot of um, information coming directly from Ukraine, and it's it's weird to see those images. It's weird to see a place that looks very familiar, somewhere that looks almost like where I live, being attacked and being blown up by by missiles and um seeing people who look like me who look like my friends taking up guns to defend their country is yeah it's just it's just a lot it's a lot to see and um and obviously there's a lot of mixed emotions because like i said we're not i'm not directly impacted by it um yet but i I don't know all that I, i keep thinking about is how it's us isn't it they are us that's that's what it it feels like and and what i think about when i look at them is that these people are are us they speak a different language and they maybe have different cultural elements but they're but they're part of 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 a community of people and and i think there's been a lot of discussion about how ukrainian refugees are maybe getting treated differently from Syrian refugees I think that's true and I think I think that's a discussion that needs to be had but again it's just another part of this larger discussion this multi-layered discussion about Ukraine that goes from what's happening on the ground to what's happening domestically in politics what's happening uh, internationally what's happening to all the individuals who are reading about it and thinking about it, donating money and all of these things. But I, I feel like talking about it helps. And I said something to someone today, you know, I feel like it's our duty to watch it and see it and witness it and be witness to it. Because I think just shying away from it is doing a disservice to the people who are who are living and dying on in Ukraine, and um, that's yeah, that's what I think. And so let's talk a bit. I'll talk to you a bit about what's happened in Germany because Sunday was quite a dramatic day in in German politics. The essentially everything we known we've known every pillar of German society since Second World War is essentially just disintegrated. Um, under the pressure that's come from the invasion of Ukraine by Putin. So what happened? Well, I mean, a lot of interesting stuff, really. I mean, it feels like Germany's is really sort of come out onto the global stage in a way. And I mean, that sounds odd, but one of the big criticisms of Angela Merkel for years was that foreign policy was whack and that um, they didn't want to take a lead in global events. And I feel like Sunday was a real sign that this new government wants to 
wants to change how things have been done and part of that is a is a massive investment in uh, the military so Olaf Scholz on Sunday stood before the Bundestag and essentially announced this this change which means 100 billion euros of investment I think he said he's dedicating 2% of GDP to military investment and, and that's a promise and and it was quite a dramatic thing to happen and if you watch the video you'll notice a lot of people gasping in shock because he didn't actually tell anyone in his own party or within the Green Party or I think within the FDP aside from the FDP leader Lindner who's also the finance minister he was the only one he, to- he told that he was going to announce this in the Bundestag and he was basically making a, a statement of intent to his to his government and to the three parties that make up the traffic light coalition that this is the way we're going and you either back me or you don't and he was backed you know and then so we have this massive shift in 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 policy with regards to the military in germany and then the foreign minister annalena Baerbock stood up who was representing the greens and she talked about restarting the nuclear program and using nuclear power as a way to um wean Germany off its addiction to to um Russian gas pipelines. Um and that was the wildest thing to see. I mean if what seeing the Chancellor of Germany commit to invest in massive amounts of money into into the military, seeing the one of the leaders of the Green Party or the the prominent member of the Green Party talking about <laughs> nuclear power was was even crazier. And then you had like a report came out today and it said 78% of Germans agree with the decision to raise defense spending to by 100 billion. And that, it's ins- like wild. Like I remember when I first came here, people would like openly insult soldiers if they were on a train. I know people who crossed the street if they saw a soldier walking towards them who was off duty or was in his uniform. Like the the, the army was seen as, as almost like unnecessary, you know, and, and it wasn't given any credit or it wasn't, people didn't feel about it the way, certainly about how British people feel about their military. It's a very strange experience and it's gone from, from that to this in almost like a week. So that's quite massive. Um, we've had the, the EU coming out and, and all the 27 nations of the EU announcing that they're going to take in refugees for three years, waiving all visa rights, which is like, and again, given what happened in 2015, given the refugee crisis, there's a, there's a big discussion there about, about the types of refugees people are taking in, but, but also it's a sign of like, I think growth, growth and solidarity that is really needed at the moment and and i've watched and all these countries come out in support of the ukraine and it's heartwarming in that sense but at the same time every day i wake up and i'm first thing i I think is like is kiev still in ukrainian hands that's all i've thought about since thursday and it seems stupid that that would be my thought i've i've not got any ukrainian friends i don't I don't have any connection to Ukraine except through the fact that it's a country that's near where I live, relatively near where I live. But I think a lot of us feel the same way, you know, that that they're fighting fighting a war that is a proxy war for all of us, you know, that they're, they're, they're on the front line of a war that could that could just could be us, you know. I think that I think ta- now is not the time for for you to listen to 
sort of rousing emotional speeches by by slightly funny Geordies who do podcasts or write blogs. I think it's the time to go and learn about what's happening, to to share reliable information with people, to to bear witness to what's happening, to donate money to groups who are who are trying to help in Ukraine, trying to support. I'm going to post the, a, a website that I found that has a lot of really useful links for where you can donate money. I know a lot of people are, are collecting clothes and collecting toiletries and things like that for, for refugees, and, and that's something you can do too. There's plenty of those. I'll try and find as many of those links as possible. Um, if you go on my timeline, you'll definitely find a lot of them because I've been retweeting them like mad, so please go check them out. I think there's no there's nothing more... There's nothing more inspiring than than hearing what uh, President Zelensky has to say. I think he's he's the person I'd look to for inspiring speeches because he hasn't put a foot wrong yet. And um, and look at the look at the people on the ground. Like that's that's who I'm taking my reference point for how to act. Um, I hope, I hope it never has to be me, but I hope I can bear it with the same level of stoicism as that we've seen from Ukrainians either trying to get away or coming together in bomb shelters, taking up arms to defend their homes. I think that's the people we should focus on and that's the people we should think about. So, um, I know it's probably a bit overwrought. But that's just how I feel, and I think um, being honest is, and being honest with you about how I feel, about how Simon probably feels about it, and probably how you feel about it, is, is the right thing to go go and do. So look to the people of Ukraine, help if you can, support each other, and we'll hopefully be back next week with a a new episode. So take care, everyone. Love you all. Bye. Was ist dein Jugendwort 2021? Either you're a native German speaker and you're thinking, was zum Teufel? Or you're a native English speaker and you're thinking, excuse me? This indeed is the topic that's been in the press a lot about what is the, the youth word or youth, uh, if you want to be truly youthful, for 2021. And this is a vote that's open for the next two weeks. So you can still take part and choose your German youth word of the year. Jugendliche aus ganz Deutschland können bis zum 18. Oktober über das Jugendwort des Jahres abstimmen. Diese Wörter stehen zur Auswahl. Schisch, Wild, Digger, Sass, Cringe, Akkurat, Same, Papatastisch, Geringverdiener und Mittwoch. What I am thinking is just how incredible the news presenter was in that clip. To read out that yeah. list and not even let out a smirk 
is a feat of the greatest professionalism and self-control. So massive kudos to Susanna Dalbner. You're a total pro. Amazing. Come on, if you don't know if you don't know Susanna Dalbner by now, then we're, we're going to be we're going to be having problems. She's like an epic part of the culture. She's uh, when I saw that it was her doing it, I was like, mm. this is going to be good. It's going to be really good. So let's go through that list and see if we know what is what when it comes to the cool kids on the street. German I've never speech. felt so old in my entire life. <laughs> it's when you said youth that I was like, oh. First up, sheesh. Two possibilities I can think of. <laughs> One, shisha, hooker, water pipe. Very popular here in Germany. <laughs> if it's not to do with smoking, I guess it could be the English word sheesh used to express disbelief or exasperation. Ooh, one of those is correct. I'm going to push you to choose one. Which would it be? Uh, shisha water pipe or sheesh panic? I'm going to go with panic because let's be honest, like don't the young kids just love a little a little bit of the English vocabulary? This is indeed going to be a theme throughout this. So yeah, well spotted on the first one. Uh, so yeah, well done, Nick. You, you, you're, you're well cool, <laughs> bruv. <laughs> it's like the, the people have rediscovered a word that everyone knew about already. She's just quite a, like a, it's like a 50s word, isn't it? I assume it is. For, it's from that era when it was at least made popular in a film and TV show. Very happy days. That's exactly the thing I was going to say. <laughs> Sheesh, fancy, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number two, we have the word wild. Uh, W-I-L-D, so wild for us. What do you think? Well, wild as a noun is the German word for game, as in animals hunted for meat or for sport, deer, rabbit, squirrels, astonishingly squirrels and boars so they're all game or wild wild could also be used as an adjective with a similar meaning to something being wild or unruly in english but i'm gonna guess if i had to guess it would be the second option again maybe or could be i don't know yeah let's say it's the second option again oh you are on a hot streak here my friend uh wild is what we would say wild so yeah Wie war dein Wochenende? Es war einfach wild. Yeah, wild, wild. I like wild. The worst sounds more fun. That's totally wild. And I've used the word wild quite a lot. You do actually use wild. It is part of your adjectives for because i'm fucking times. cool simon it's because i'm a fucking down with the kids but you did just point out that this was a, a the previous one was a word brought back from the 50s i never said all the <laughs> so, kids were cool i'm just saying that some of us are cool okay next up we have a bit of a classic here on the streets and that is the word digger i've heard it a fair amount no? i actually don't know what it means in all honesty i have no idea what it means it feels like it's like uh, digger yeah you're a digger I guess. I don't know. You dig things. You enjoy them? I don't know. I have no idea what digger means. Du bist mein digger. All right. So it's like like buddy, mate. Okay. Exactly. Kumpel. What's wrong with dude? Like, come on. (laughs) Maybe they think it's too close to duden, and that can't be cool. Using the dictionary, right? Nah, duden. Nah. Nah, duden. But yeah, you you do bring up a valid point. I mean, we do have lots of really, really cool words in English. Bra, bruv, brosif. Uh, just yeah. to name a few with BR on the start. Has anyone ever said to you, Brosef? Yeah, man. California. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brosef, what's going on? But I feel like if I said Brosef, you would have to slap me. I feel like it's a word that doesn't fit well in, in my vernacular. Yo, Brosef. Like if I said yo, I feel if like. I said Brosef be- like that, yeah. yeah. Brosef. Brosif. I don't think go. I can. Brosif like Joseph. How about Brohim? Brohim? I'm fine with that. Like, okay. yeah. I'm, I'm down with all this Southern California. 
<laughs> surfer style stuff. If you, I mean, if you do a, a rocking hand gesture alongside it, like devil horns, I think I think you're golden. It feels this feels very not me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't think we're part of the demographic for this, but uh, some of our listeners will yeah. get a kick out of that. Hopefully, <laughs> that's oh, the plan. Sure. Just the image alone. <laughs> Okay, so it's safe to say we're not going to integrate Digger into our friendship. Number four. Sus. Any ideas? I, uh, oh, mm, okay. I mean, my, my punt on this one would be it comes from the English that means suspicious. That's totally sus. Is it used in America as well? Yeah, I think this is very much the TikTok generation that are sort of inclined to describe people or things as being sus. We do this in the UK as suspect. Um, or suspicious. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was thinking yeah. suspect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's proper sus. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine any British person using, I mean, not my mum. Mm. My mum's not going to describe something as being sus. Man, that guy was sus. It's, it's easier to get a grip with sus than it is with like a word like dodgy. Because mm-hmm. then they'll be like, Dogji, dogji. <laughs> yeah, this is true. I mean, I'm sure there's some Germans saying sus instead. Yeah, it must, must happen. Yeah. Hey, diggers. It's cool and youthful, Nick here. Looks like these squares failed to notice that the word sus is actually a reference to the game Among Us, which became very popular during the pandemic. Sheesh. Luckily, I'm here to straighten things out. Later, bitches. You're doing so well, Nick. You are one of the coolest kids in Augsburg, by the seams of it. It's not that hard, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> well, the next one you're going to definitely going to get, because it is just an English word. Crunch. So what is cringe for the Germans who don't know what cringe is? When someone acts in an embarrassing or awkward way, makes you feel extremely ashamed or embarrassed. So I guess like schadenfreude, right? Well, I mean, schadenfreude is feeling the joy from seeing someone have a bad time, whereas cringe is the feeling embarrassed because someone else is yeah. doing something that's embarrassing. Well, what's the... what's the Fremdschämen. Fremdschämen, yeah, okay. So Yeah, feeling embarrassed for strangers. But yeah, I mean, we use the word cringy in English, and something is cringe-worthy uh, if we're describing this feeling, but in German you just use cringe, and yeah, boy, that's what cringe, man. But I feel like, I feel like it's a word that's not... Again, it's not in fashion, that much like don't you don't hear like people going awkward nineteen ninety five is calling yeah. awkward yeah totally. <laughs> awkward cringe that's oh, so cringe I don't know I mean I don't hang around with a lot of young people so maybe I need to no I don't need to fix that <laughs> yeah well I mean if if I really don't if want it does do happen that. you're now like you've got five really good words nah digger was los das ist exas na cringe order if I start using words like cringe and digger and, and sus then like I might as well just go the whole hog and go get a Camp David shirt and then dye my hair like blue and be one of them horrendous almost 40 year olds who thinks he's 21 you need to accept that you are becoming more and more German and this is this is your future Cam, Cam David Polo shirts. <laughs> you called it. Fuck no, man! The most ugly looking pieces of shit. Like if you're gonna, if you want to look like you own a boat, buy some Helly Hansen. <laughs> Different buy Camp David. But if you're wearing Camp David, if any of our listeners are wearing Camp David now, take it off, burn it. Do yourself a favour. We, we are waging a, a single, a single podcast war on Jack Wolfskin and Camp David. It will not be tolerated. <laughs> yeah, both those brands get to fuck, in my opinion. <laughs> Although we will take free jackets. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I would even. No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I'd take them so I could burn them and no one else oh, has to wear okay. them. Okay. Well, that kind of leads <laughs> us on to number six, which is. Accurate. Oh, what could that mean? Oh, this is a toughie. Oh, can you give me a hint, perhaps? Is it? Is it maybe accurate? Bingo. Fall accurate, digger. 
<laughs> did, did you just call me Digger? Uh, this this is going wrong. I've gone full youth. You made me research this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, I feel like it was my idea, yeah. Next up, another easy one because it is an English word and you are English. Same. Yeah, well, that's pretty easy. I would say that is exactly the same word as it is in English. And we use it the same way as, as de youth in Germany do. Der youth, das youth, der youth, die youth. Nah, no matter. So man, I'm so tired, same. <laughs> I mean, it's bad English, but that's just youth flexing, I guess. I quite like it. I, I quite like it. I, we used this when I was young, and it is, it's a whole sentence in four letters. And I'm, I do quite enjoy that, that ability to be concise, because otherwise you have to say, yeah, I feel the same way. And it's like, oh, that kind of feels like you're butting into the conversation a little bit too much if somebody is going to continue talking. Uh, whereas, yeah, I, I, I was really busy on the weekend. Oh, same. And then they can move on with their story. I think that's... That's all right. So there we go. Application in action. Same. Edging closer to the end. Now we have number eight and the one that I had absolutely no idea of what it meant when I first heard it, which is papatastisch. I love saying papatastisch. It's a good feel. I intentionally, yeah. when we discussed this on WhatsApp, I intentionally didn't look up what papatastisch means and I've been desperate <laughs> to look it up. So this is my moment of truth, right? And and you suggested this. I'm a dad, ergo, a papa. Am I papatastic? I think you're papatastic. Oh, thank you, man. But is, is that what it means? Uh, yeah, it, it means fantastic. It doesn't have anything to do with papas. I feel like I've been robbed. Well, I do have some more information for you just to take away that feeling of robbery because I had to Google this and I spelt it incorrectly and Google couldn't even auto-correct it at first. So that tells you how under the radar this word is. But once I'd done it correctly, Google revealed all. And apparently it comes from a streamer called Papa Platter, uh, which is a Twitch streamer. And it was used as like a joke in the chats when they were streaming. Someone would be like, oh, what you did there was Papatastish because you are Papa Platter. Uh, so yeah, there is some kind of logic, but Papa is not you. It's Papa Platter. I feel like every so often there's a moment in my life where I, um, I realise <laughs> that I've disconnected myself from from the culture, and and this is the, it that that Twitch streamers are now creating language that might may well go and end up in the dictionary. <laughs> and I don't know if I feel good about that. Probably should do, but I, yeah. Okay, Twitch streamers are now changing the language. It's better than McDonald's changing the language, I suppose. But That is, I mean, it also opens the door that we could one day <laughs> affect some change, which is, is, is kind of a nice little motivation there. Papatastish is a pretty good word. It's, I feel like it's going to be a long time before we come up with something as good as papatastish. But. Well, I mean, you've, you've already called Goethe a soppy twat. <laughs> so <I think> that's... <laughs> You're never going to let me live that one down, are you? I, I, I want merch. <laughs> I think we'd get we'd get kicked off Etsy pretty quickly if we sold t-shirts saying soppy twats, or we'd get sued by um, what's the name of that female rapper with uh, WAP Cardi B, the WAP Cardi B, yeah, soppy twats is basically the British translation of wet ass pussy. I feel like it isn't, but uh, yeah, <laughs> soppy twats. What are you gonna do? Okay, uh, penultimate one here. It's a weird one. It's minimum wage earner in German. So, like, what the hell is mm. that all about? Yeah, it doesn't sound too good when you, like, translate it into another language. According to the website for the Vote for the Youth Word of the Year, they say it is a joking term for a loser. Ah, oh, fuck off. Like, honestly, fuck that shit. Yeah. F fuck whoever ch voted for that and fuck anyone who thinks it's okay. We come from a country that's riddled with classism. The last thing we need is another fucking country that we live in to be like, oh, you earn the minimum wage, you loser. You know what? Fuck those guys. <laughs> oh, 
Honestly, that's disgusting. It is a really, really horrible capitalist insult. Yeah. Well, it's just, you can tell it's like middle class fucking Adidas shirt wearing fucking expensive hat carrying fucking bell ends, you know? Wait a sec. I'm wearing an Adidas shirt and an expensive hat. Wait. <laughs> well, no, but you already know I think you're a bell end. It's fine. No, but like you see these like kids knocking around and they all sort of, it's mummy and daddy bought me all these clothes. Go fuck yourselves. I have no time for that shit. Jumpers over the shoulder and all that crap. Driving daddy's Mercedes. Yeah, fuck that crap. I find that really, really just, ugh. Anyone who votes for that yeah. is a dick in my book. No, no arguments here. <laughs> uh, it is the most abusive word on that list by quite a long margin. And as you say, should be fucking embarrassed. That's the youth. So we'll move on to the final one. You've done so well, but here is the final one. And the final one is Mittwoch. Wednesday. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The final option is the word Wednesday. Well done. You got that right. Not a bad effort. What the fuck does it mean? I'm sure you're asking. Yeah, I've I've seen this about on Reddit, and I think I've seen it a bit on Twitter, and it's something to do with like, is it like Essis Mitvok or something like that? I don't know. I've not looked up. I've not gone on like Know Your Meme or anything, so I don't really well, know what the background behind it is. I had to. <laughs> oh God! Thank God you've done the work for like, me. I don't really. I'm, yeah, neither of us are really the applicable age for meme culture, and we do have to look these things up every now and again. So yeah, I had to do that today for the podcast. Mm. Um, so this, as Nick said, is a meme, uh, mm-hmm. and it is a frog. And above the frog, it will say, it is Wednesday, my dudes. Or it can be translated into German, mm-hmm. as Nick said. Uh, and this comes from a YouTube video that was about six seconds long. And it was a guy in hat and goggles who came on and said, it's Wednesday, dudes. And then he screamed, and it sounded a bit like a frog. And then the clip ended, and those six seconds form the foundation of this meme that has now gone so far in German culture that has now led to Mittwoch being nominated for Youth Word of the Year. Germans fucking love frogs, though, don't they? Like It's a motif you see over and over Mm -hmm. again. The frog prince, the Froschkönig, yeah? Mm -hmm. And it's it's like er like everywhere. Like Anytime you go shopping, you'll find like garden ornaments that look like... Mm -hmm. We've talked about the... The frog that does the meditation that you can buy in Chibo. Like frog motifs. Germans fucking love that shit. And I really, I can't quite understand why, but. I, I don't really understand it either, but it does allow me to ask you if you know the German word for tadpole. It's one of my favorite words in the whole of the German language. I don't, but I'm looking forward to you telling me what it is. <laughs> Karl Krappen. Karl Krappen. Karl Krappen. Krappen or the Klappen? Krappen. Krappen. <laughs> I feel like I'm not going to be able to say that word. Well, that was uh, thoroughly weird. And and I'm torn (laughs) if that is the best or worst possible way to follow on from talking about Goethe. What do you think? (laughs) This is a pretty weird move. (laughs) I felt like it was a sideways move, but I mean, it's well within our wheelhouse. Happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday, Goethe. Let's talk about some weird words that that you definitely would not like. Or maybe you would. I don't know. Goethe's pretty open. I think he'd be up for it. I think modern, if Goethe was brought back today, he'd be like... I, I find it interesting how the youth have adapted our language. I guess the only way to end this is to ask what your vote would be for, Simon. Oh, it's, it's, it's challenging. It really is. I mean, I don't yeah, like yeah. a lot of them. Wild, I quite like that. I'm going for papatastisch. I like saying it. Papatastisch. So. That's the one I'm it's going for. It's the most for. fun to and say. just remember, yeah. if you vote for Goring v- Vidina, you're a bellend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Anyway, enough of this rambling. I have <laughs> finally decided to uh, put my money where my mouth is, I guess. This is hugely exciting. People are actually writing about this on Twitter, that they are listening to the podcast for this. Yeah. This is a watershed moment, I think, for us. Uh, hello, celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> hello, finally, finally, celebrity. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, I've been talking for months now. Uh, in fact, my, my, my hobby has been finding photos of people talking about Stalin and then just saying, retweeting them and saying, put cheese on it. <laughs> and now is the moment of truth, ladies and gentlemen, because I am going to try three different cheeses on Stalin. Last year, I, I, I mentioned that I, I toasted Stalin and people literally freaked the fuck out at the idea of toasting Stalin. They thought it was a horrendous idea. And then uh, one, of the, one of the people I follow said, have you tried it with cheese? And I said, no. And then I tried it and it changed my life. <laughs> quite literally, right? I knew this already, but a lot of people have pointed out that it's quite a Northern English thing to eat cheese and Christmas cake. And the consistency of Christmas cake is quite similar to Stalin. And so my theory goes that this is probably why I enjoy it, is it's this northern element. So what I've got here is a uh, Christ Stalin uh, mit uh, 27% Rosinen. It's the real shit. It's a, it's a high raisin It's a high raisin percentage. Yeah, wow. And I have three types of cheeses <laughs> of which I'm going to try with this Stalin live on air. The first is... An Irish cheddar that I found. It is yeah. it is a peculiar shade of orange, but we can live with that. It is very orange, the Edica one. It is. It's not a great cheddar, but it's all we can get. <laughs> Next up, I've, I've upped the ante slightly because I thought I need to have a German cheese. And to be frank, my opinion of German cheeses is quite negative. So I chose the one that I like the most, which is Bergkäse, which is a very strong cheese that's from the uh, the mountains, as the name suggests. It is um, six-month-aged Bergkäse that I'm going to try. And then, uh, on the insistence of Simon, <laughs> I brought I brought along Bergkäse Bavaria Blue, which mm-hmm. is what my wife would affectionately term a stinkkäse. Yep. Uh, so I'm worried because I'm in a very confined space right now. I'm going <laughs> to open this and basically gas myself. But on air, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to I'm going to prove to you that the combination of cheese and Stalin is actually rather fantastic. And I promise neither to spit this food out, <laughs> nor will I lie to you about its. It's it's quality, so I'm going to open the box now of the Stolen and tell you all about it. So, is there any fancy box in the Stolen? I don't actually know. Um, the the only Stolen, I'm surprised. I went to the shop earlier, and the only Stolen they had was uh, the Bio Stolen. It's the only one they had <laughs> left over, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, it's quite. It's got a lot of sugar on it. It's got a lot of sugar on the outside, which is what I want. This is part of the Stolen. Uh, you can you can appreciate the Stolen there, Simon. Do you? What do you oh, think? Yeah. It's uh, yeah. it's very it's, Stoliny. It's a, it's a bio Stolen, which I've never had, so you're already riding high on the wave of bio goodness. I apologise for the crinkling nature of this uh, broadcast, but it just shows that it's live. This is really happening right now. This is really not happening. I haven't tried the Stolen. I haven't haven't tried these cheeses with the Stolen either. And what my plan is, I am going to have. I don't want to contract diabetes before the end before the start of christmas <laughs> so i'm only going to do half and half right so i'm going to do two slices two full slices i'm going to half those slices and i'm going to put a bit of cheese on each side so that should probably tell us whether i've made a terrible terrible error or whether 
weather, ladies and gentlemen, I have come up with the greatest combination that the world has ever known. So I have my slices here. So Nick which, is also which doing this in the German way with a Gefro knife as well. So Oh, yeah, I've that's... got the Gefro knife, of course. <laughs> I was told it wasn't German because for some reason, oh, we don't have Gefro knives in the north. But, I mean, that's your problem, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so which cheese should I start with, Simon? Which do you think? I, I think I think you've got to start with the cheddar. I, I think that's okay. the... Uh, I feel that that's the weakest of the bunch. It's the one that I'm yeah. going to enjoy the most because I've done it before. I, I know it's good. So I'm going to use the Gefro. And then we've got a build to the blue. I think the blue is going to be the most challenging. I am, I'll, I'll admit I am a little bit concerned about the blue cheese. I, um, I hate Bergkaser. Kind of, so oh, yeah. I'm just kind of concerned that I'm going to basically spew my load on, on the mic. Uh, so um, I will. I promise you I will cut that out, listener, because no one needs to You've got to a guard on it. It'll be fine. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I've got a guard on my intestine, though. So. <laughs> uh, I think one slice, one good slice, one big, thick slice should do. Okay. So this is the Irish cheddar. So snap that in half. Stick two bits on it. That'll work. Okay. Um, you are here to verify that I have cheddared my stolen. You've chunked a massive slab of cheddar. That's more cheddar than stolen. That's now stolen on cheese. I, I, I feel like it's a 50-50 split. So uh, I'm going to try it now, and I'll, I'll tell you all about it in a second. Oh, I'm on tenterhooks. Oh, fucking hell, I was amazing. <laughs> oh, I redlined so my mic so a... hard then when I lost. It's such a good idea. I don't know why people aren't doing this all the time. What is wrong with the world, man? Mm. There is genuine joy on Nick's face right now, listener. He looks very happy. Oh, it's got everything, man. And maybe <laughs> I think if it was a cathedral cheddar, cathedral city cheddar is probably a little bit milder and a little less plasticky. But regardless, listener, this works. And if you're not trying it this Christmas, in given that we don't have much else to do, <laughs> you, you're sort of you're letting yourself down, really. Mm. Oh, he's just rammed that last bit in his gullet. He, he's loving so it. Oh, good. Oh, God. Right. I think that's as good as it's going to get. Mm. I fear that this is going to go sideways. Now, I'm really going to know how bad it's got when I open the beer caser. Oh, God. I can smell it already. I haven't opened it yet. I'm going to open it now. I am terribly worried about how it will smell because <laughs> beer caser usually has a distinctive odor. Like a bomb. So, that's the. There we go. Yep, yep, I can smell it already. Yep, this, my office is going to smell <laughs> distinctly cheesy for at least a couple of days now. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. It is powerful. It's a powerful cheese smell <laughs> that is emanating from this. It's a little bit rubbery, but we'll survive. Does it have a rind on it? That's the question. don't think it does. Oh, you've got the heart of the beer, Kaiser. So I guess an equally thick slab of Bergkäse. Oh. Um, okay, so here goes. Quite literally, nothing. Okay. <laughs> it's a very distinctive taste. Okay, okay. See, Bergkäse has got a quite foot cheese kind of smell. <laughs> And initially, that's what you taste. But as you chew, the stolen kicks in. And it's very much like the cheddar, frankly. Really? 
It works. Oh, totally works. But the cheddar's better. Mm-hmm. Like your your face lit up with the cheddar. Like the bird case, you looked like mm. you were thinking about it. I was just worried of having like some terrible reaction. Now, if I was going to choose it, I probably wouldn't choose the Birdcaser, but if I ran out of cheese, <laughs> if I ran out of cheddar, and all I had was a bit of Birdcaser knocking around, it would do quite well. Yeah. Okay, the aftertaste is quite, mm. It's quite luxurious. Oh. Mm. I, can't, I, can't, I didn't see that coming. I thought the Birdcaser was going to have that, that hay flavor that would just overwhelm. Nah. Nah, it had. I think the stronger, like, I reckon if you went <laughs> to Austria and got the most Birdiest Birdcaser you probably would have that issue. But now, now comes the real test. What I like about Bavaria Blue mm-hmm. is it comes in a nice little, like, half-circle packet, right? But it is a foul-smelling beast. <laughs> and we know it's foul-smelling because not only is it in a nicely prepared half-circle box, but there's also some cheesy, uh, <laughs> cheese paper or cheese plastic, I don't know, cheese foil, maybe? Uh, and and I, I suspect as soon as I put... Open this. Ooh. That's that's an odeur, shall we say. <laughs> it's, just, it's a soft, blue, veiny cheese. It's, it's, uh... I feel like that might be too much, but at the same time, I don't want to take the piss. Is that... I mean, would you? There's still a bit of cheese left, right? But is that enough? Yeah, that's that's definitely enough of Bavarian blue. Yeah, oh, thank. That, thank God that the uh, Simon the Snowman is is, is is so decent with the Lord of Christmas. Otherwise, yeah, more than that would be terribly wrong for me. It would just be overpowering for sure. Well, we, we are doing this for science. So, listener, I'd like you to remember <laughs> that you can donate to the podcast, kofi.com. That's ko-fi.com. And the reason I ask you that is because I'm clearly going to die after I eat this, and Simon is going to need a retirement <laughs> fund of some kind. Um, unless he chooses to continue doing the podcast without me, which I hope he doesn't, because that would be a real betrayal of our relationship. <laughs> okay, remember, listener, I'm doing this for you. I, 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 I loved you all, and I love you, Simon. I'll miss love you when too, I'm man. gone. Danke <laughs> schön. <laughs> okay, here goes. Hopefully, this is going to be the best one. It's going to come out left field. <laughs> Fucking hell. It. Fucking he hell, it. that's That is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's quite creamy, right? Mm-hmm. That's the start. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely got a, like, blue vein flavor. Mm-hmm. It's quite sharp. Marries together perfectly. I don't know what anyone's complaining about. I would happily eat the rest of that with that cheese. That's pretty solid. <laughs> it would make. I think it would make you incredibly sick, but... Mm-hmm. I think you you got signs to introduce your family to. Oh, I'm having some more of that. <laughs> He's going in for I'm, seconds. I'm doing I'm doing that again. That was fucking really good. That actually might be the best of the three. Weirdly, yeah, I did I did have a sneaky suspicion when I said you need to get um, something creamy and blue. Yeah, I was kind of. I just thought you wanted to see if I'd vomit no, on. I, on, I, on I the, genuinely on thought like Stilton, a Stilton replacement was going to be the answer. I think Stilton would be pretty good with it too. Yeah. Um, Wensleydale's usually pretty nice. That would be a go-to. Yeah, I'm going to have another one of these. Chin, chin, <laughs> listener. This is not what anyone would have anticipated. I think we put a Twitter poll out before the recording. Is Nick going to enjoy three different cheeses on his strollman? 
only massive fans of yours would have would have voted for you. That was so good. Like, can we do that every episode? That was amazing. <laughs> what we can do is we can do every week, we can try a different German food <laughs> with Bavarian blue on top. <laughs> and see, see how long it takes me to lose my mind. Now, yeah. like, listener, if you live in Germany, even if you don't live in Germany, if you can get access to some good cheese and a good bit of Stollen, try it for yourself. I heartily recommend that you toast it first. That would be the, my preference, but I just didn't have time. But that was, man, like, I'm so happy that worked. I was really concerned when I was buying it. I was really concerned it was going to go terribly wrong for me. I'm probably going to have horrible acid reflux. But, <laughs> but that was, that's a revelation, that is. I would never have thought the Bavarian Blue would work that well. But there you go, man. Yeah, I'm kind of sad. I don't have any in my fridge. I'm sad. I want to try this now. It looked like it was really, really effective. It would, uh, the, I would say, I would say of the three, the Bavarian Blue is easily the best. Um, I think I still, I'm going to try it with some Cathedral City later in the week. I mm-hmm. might record that or make a video or something and stick it online. I think but that's a good idea. All I can say to those those cheese stolen haters is, <laughs> got to try it before you can complain because friends. I I am the Lord of Christmas, and the Lord of Christmas <laughs> says, eat your stolen with cheese. Uh, so, Nick, you rewatched a pretty iconic film this week. What was it? Oh, yeah, we watched Independence Day. The Will Smith joint. Yeah, yeah, it was... I, I watched it. I, I watched it when it came out at the cinema. I had all the action figures and everything. I loved that film. It's... Uh, well, I mean, it it doesn't it doesn't quite work nowadays for various reasons. The the, the idea that the world comes together to fight the uh, external threat suggests <laughs> that they're probably not. I have the same as now if they they remade it that there'd just be people knocking down their own houses and welcoming the aliens in. Please kill me. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, there's evidence to support that. <laughs> yeah, no, it isn't a very good film. Like, just objectively, when you watch it again, it is. It is quite poor. There are some great lines like um, Will Smith punching the alien in the face and mm-hmm. saying, Welcome to Earth. That's great. <laughs> Love that. There's, a, there's loads of misogyny all the way through. Like, it's really, like, there's, when you look at it from the, the perspective of 2022, you're like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do that in, the, in this one. But um, I haven't Will watched Smith the remake prime, to know so. if they have included the misogyny. <laughs> Stay true to the original. Well, well, they had the sequel. Uh, the sequel's really not worth watching. If the first one's ropey, then this, even the sequel's pretty terrible. But the original Independence Day, ours going for it is it's Will Smith in his prime. Yeah. And Will Smith's solid, like so. It was, it's, yeah. It's, and it's got Jeff Goldblum in it. And it's hard to get Bill wrong Pullman with Jeff Goldblum, yeah. And, yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot to enjoy in that, uh, in that movie. But yeah, it was quite a funny one. Why are you bringing up Independence Day? Yeah. Cause this got me thinking. I, I, I I'm not really into aliens, but it made me think, haha, there's something we can talk about here because did you know that probably the earliest picture of a UFO is from Germany? Really? Yeah. 1561 over the skies. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a photo, obviously. Um, but yeah, this is over the skies of Nuremberg, uh, my hometown. And witnesses reported that for an hour there were flashes and lights all over the place. And there is an, an artist's depiction of this, and it looks like. Sylvester, like just explosions all through the sky, and yeah, this is the, basically the first recorded uh, picture of a UFO um, in beloved Franconia. I think you've got to be careful with, like, so 
having studied history um mm-hmm. the one of my one of the best things especially medieval history is reading about the uh times people have seen curious things that there's, there's a story uh from i think it's somewhere in england where people were leaving a church on a sunday sort of i think it's 12th 12th or 13th century and uh everyone in the village swore hands down that a rope fell from the sky and this human-like person climbed down the rope and then when he got to the bottom of the rope died like wow. loads of people saw it and claimed to have seen it right and one of the things you've got to remember especially if you look at the history of munster as a good example that um um ergot poisoning was a big problem for a lot of uh a lot of, basically it's a it's a fungus that grows on wheat i think okay. and essentially it's got hallucinogenic properties uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, often people are like was it ergot poisoning that got you? Because that was a big part of what happened in Munster is they reckon the, the sort of collective psychosis of the... Um, look up the Anabaptists of Munster. It's a great story. But basically, the religious sect took over Munster and they all became like free-loving crazies. And they reckon part, part of it at least was brought on by psychosis or hallucin- hallucinogenic properties of, of ergot that led their leader to ride out... <laughs> He rode out of the castle. I know this is going on a tangent, but it's hilarious. He rode out of the castle uh, to face the army of the bishops and the local lords, believing that God would protect him. And he got to the battle lines, and I think it's the mayor of Munster just chopped him into bits. <laughs> like, that's the that's the dangers. But yeah, so uh, let's go back to the, the, this yeah, point. So this the yeah. theory isn't poisoning on this one. Uh, <laughs> people now believe this is what uh, there are two terms for what they think that is called the mock sun or a sun dog. Um, mm-hmm. And these uh, occurrences occur when the sun is reflecting off ice, ice crystals in the sky. Right, uh, okay. So, yeah, that's what it is. But there is a report uh, from Nuremberg Gazette that read, at the dawn of April the 4th in the sky of Nuremberg, a lot of men and women saw a very alarming spectacle where various objects were involved, including balls approximately three in the length from time to time, four in a square, much remain insulated, and between these balls one saw a number of crosses with the colour of blood. Then one saw two large pipes, in which small and large pipes had three balls, also four or more. All these elements started to fight, one against the other. Yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds a bit like someone's been taking some hallucinogenics. <laughs> I don't want to judge, but it sounds like everyone's having collective psychosis. That's fair, that's fair. Um... There is that everyone drank from the same well at this time in Nuremberg, that's for sure. <laughs> the well's been poisoned. <laughs> so yeah, as I say, like I, I'm a believer for sure that, that there is life out there because it's insane to not think that uh, in terms of the mathematics of it. But UFO reports are, of course, a, an interesting issue here. Uh, so there is the UFO National Reporting Centre, uh, which is where you report your UFOs. And the first reporting centre was created by an American fireman called Robert Gribble. Um, And since 1905, there have been 105,000 reports of alien sightings, a tenth of which come from the UK. So, yeah. The UK? Yeah. The UK is weird when it comes to things like this because, yeah, a tenth of sightings is is pretty mad. And also, we're like one of the most 
tornado hit countries on earth but they're all just really <laughs> they're all just like in someone's back garden <laughs> really really small took a tile off the roof so yeah the best place to see a ufo if you're interested is apparently bonnie bridge in scotland which is a very lovely sounding place it's not okay i live near there <laughs> well, I say, this is where i turn it over to nick because the town is part of what's called the falkirk triangle and nick lived in falkirk so what's going on in falkirk right so i believe in aliens I believe that aliens probably exist. I can totally accept that there's stuff out there that we don't understand. There is some things you need to think about with regards to um, sightings in Falkirk, um, especially around Bonnie Bridge, is that Bonnie Bridge is... Um, there is a, an, a BP oil refinery in Grangemouth, which I've, I've got no evidence for this, so do not sue me. But I would say <laughs> that having a, one of the largest oil refineries in the UK, um, less than 18 minutes away from where you live, might have some impact on, you know, air quality, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it might have some detrimental effects. That's all I'm saying. I would say that's a factor in, in, in this. I mean, maybe they've just got lots of really uh, got laced uh, wheat, or uh, maybe they're all taking some something hallucinogenic but i do have the feeling that that might be the case i have no problem ripping into falkirk having lived there for 10 years so uh, if you wish me to do that i can do that at length (laughs) (laughs) i have i have a a, a vast amount of negative opinions when it comes to this part of the country when you've got like footage of something i can appreciate that someone's taken a recording grainy as it might be and they sort of this is what i saw it's when you get you want to get these people and and i watched this there was like a supernatural show for young people that's been on uh, the bbc i think maybe only in bbc scotland and it was this guy going uh it was no there was no evidence there was no footage it was like oh and then this person said this and this person said that and i was like is that all it takes to get on this tv show and i was like oh like um i saw I saw the fucking Slender Man at the end of my my street, you know. I saw like a grey alien. He came and and probed me. Like what? Like and it was just all these people. Like oh, I saw this light in the sky and I didn't know what it was. And I think if we've learned anything over the two last two years is that not everyone is totally trustworthy. When it, okay. Yeah, exactly. When it comes to things that happen, so I, I would take everything about the Falkirk Triangle with a pinch of salt. I also know that having lived in Falkirk that a lot of people drink uh, Buckfast tonic wine which is a fortified <laughs> wine made in a, a Devonshire monastery uh, that is incredibly popular I drank it my friends drank it and I tell you what it does do here it fucks you up <laughs> <laughs> so I would also if it isn't Grangemouth that's affecting Grangemouth oil refinery that's, that's affecting people it could well be that they're off their tits on fortified wine it's certainly a valid theory the other thing that's worth mentioning is that Falkirk's also directly under three flight paths. Uh, <laughs> Edinburgh and Glasgow both do flights above <laughs> Falkirk. Um, the, the other weird thing is it's quite a modern phenomenon uh, in Bonnybridge. Uh, the first sighting was in 1992, and since then there are 300 a year. Uh, so it just seems like people are just desperate for attention. Um, yeah. Spotting <laughs> planes in the sky. Fuck <laughs> But just people off their tits on cheap wine, just going like, "Yeah, you seen that over there? I think it's an alien." <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the beautiful tangent because um, the provost of Falkirk, uh, an independent councillor, Billy Buck Buchanan. <laughs> It's, it's a great name, great title. Everything about this is great. Uh, he has written to three prime ministers demanding an inquiry. <laughs> so far, no results. 
Oh, and he's still, got, is he still the Provers? The keep I'm not sure. Him? This quote is from 2005, so maybe oh, he's out God. by now. Yeah, but he, he's quoted in 2005 saying, "How do we know aliens aren't walking about? We've all had our suspicions of people." <laughs> oh my god! Oh my! Uh, like what? What was his name? Billy Buchanan. Billy Buchanan, Bonnie Bridge. Billy if Buchanan he's still from in a, Bonnie Bridge. <laughs> if he's if he's still in his job, like we've got we've got issues. There's really um, just looking him up. He's still in a job. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is our elected official writing letters to fucking prime ministers about aliens. Jeez, maybe that's why he's still in a job. Maybe the aliens yeah. are keeping him in position. Is like a subterfuge. I, I think you're onto onto. You've caught the essence of this story. <laughs> aliens are behind Billy Buchanan and Bonnie Bridge. They're just trying to let us know gently, and we're ignoring them. Like he's got a probe. <laughs> That's a beautiful tangent that you throw him away because in England, for £120 a year, you can be insured against alien impregnation. And uh, even men qualify for this policy, apparently. Quote, for protection against the unknown capabilities of alien technology. And 30,000 people have bought these policies to not be impregnated by aliens. Printing, yeah. printing money. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, like I've lost all faith in humanity. We're fucked, people. Like, get, yeah, get your zombie apocalypse kits ready. It's gonna, it's, it's on. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. They're incredibly fucking stupid here. Servus, Darman and Heron. That brings us to the end of the show. Thanks for joining us and slightly. Yeah, weird situation. I hope uh, that what we did put out gave you a bit of a laugh in these sort of strange, terrifying times. Uh, we'll hopefully be back next week with a full-length show. As I mentioned in the introduction, I have put uh, a number of different charities into the uh, notes for the show, so please do check them out and donate generously to whichever cause you feel um, you want to donate to. There's there's various different ones. There's humanitarian appeals uh, to support the, the refugees. There's Arta on a Grenza, Doctors Without Borders. There are also uh, a selection of pages to donate to the Ukrainian military if you so wish to. Uh, but yeah, please do have a look at the notes and check them out. And yeah, donate if you can. Also, I have been retweeting and and trying to post out as many links to various different groups supporting the refugees from Ukraine or supporting aid in the in Ukraine at the moment. So please check out that feed. If there's something that you're maybe doing or if you're trying to raise money or if you're trying to support the refugees with clothing or with sanitary supplies or whatever please let me know dm me if you're a follower or just at me and and, and i will endeavor to repost uh, anything regarding sort of support for ukraine um, yeah i think i said everything i really wanted to say at the beginning so all i'll say is take care and I'll speak to you all next week. Cheers.